We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, Roto Grinders, welcome back to the week 12 DFS roundup here on Grinders Live. My name is Alex Dunlap. I'm the host of Roster Watch on Sirius XM, Fantasy Sports Radio, Saturday nights, 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern, Sunday mornings for the epic game day edition, 7 to 9 a.m. Eastern, leading right into Dan Bach and Chris Prince's uh, Roto Grinders show there on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports. Joining me as always, the keeper of all the hot takes, the man of the most fiery Twitter fingers. You know him from his work here on Grinders Live, from his tournament tactics packages for all of the sports. He is the Siege, CJ Carlton Box Siege. What's going on, brother? Uh, not much, man. Just uh, another unit in my pocket. Feels good. Another another unit? Another three units? Another oh, did three. I, oh, did I go three and oh? Yeah, you forgot about it. You're just thinking about the uh, – now, even though I told you Blaine Gabbert – was going to goat, which he oh did. Oh, my God. He had two short fields. Like, hey, he, did, was he was exactly back. as pathetic as you, you. You laughed your ass off for me saying that you could play him in cash. But uh, I did not play him in cash. I played Tom Brady. I actually had an amazing week last week, especially on the Thursday through Monday slate. Tevin Coleman not getting in the end zone cost me like $5,600, but still had a still had a big week. Uh, the Thanksgiving slate, absolutely the complete opposite. A complete, absolute nightmare. How how was your Thanksgiving slate? Did you get on any of this Marvin Jones or any of this junk? So I did so bad on the three game slate. I played the two game slate, and then I hit That's the nuts. nuts. That's what I should have done. Well, see, so I would have never hit, out. I would have never hit the nuts because I was I was sure that I needed to get two tight ends in, and they needed to be Vernon. Oh, Davis see, it was on in. see, it was on Fandle, so you got the one tight end. Okay. See, yeah, yeah. <laughs> see, I was able to, yeah, because I, I thought you needed to have Vernon Davis and Everett Ingram, but on uh, Fandle was forced to pick one and Evan Ingram was somehow the winner. So Texas and our antiquated rules about Fandle, man, I wish I could play over there sometimes, but yeah. So uh, looking to get right back in the saddle this week. We have a whole lot of hot takes here from some of the hosts on uh, grinders live. If you guys haven't seen the show here before, what we do is we take uh, six takes selected by siege and I, and also by our uh, producer uh, Simon Edwards, and also with some help from Dan Bach to, um, Pick out some of the some of the you know some of the more interesting takes from some of the shows here on Grinders Live and on the podcasts 
during the week. We go through them. CJ and I give our takes. Towards the end, we try uh, making some bets between the two of us, talking about some of our own cockamamie plots and ploys and ideas as they pertain to the slate. It's always a great time. Uh, Siege, before we get into the clips this week, um, just what – like, we were talking about it off off air, and you were saying that you th- – like, me, I've been sitting around banging my head against the wall. This is a week where I noticed that they have the they have the Wildcat this week with a three-entry max. I, I'm, I, You know I'm more of a cash game player, and I like to play single-entry, three-entry max tournaments. That's one where I'm going to be having to, you know, get in and invest some in that. And I'm just trying to get into my tournament mind and think about these things. And I'm just having a lot of trouble. It seems like there's so many good plays. Like, I just, I can't fit them in. Like, how do, how do you see this Slater? Are you having as much trouble as I am here with your lineup construction, with kind of picking and choosing between what, what I feel like are a lot of strong plays and a lot of great spots? I mean, yes and no. Like, I agree there's a lot of great plays. But on the other hand, like, I think – like there's a lot of bad chalk. So I, I feel like I can just like play a bunch of these options and kind of rotate them through tournaments and be way overweight of the field. Like, I don't know where you're at on um, Corey Davis. We'll talk about him, but I actually have had a complete 180 on Corey Davis um, from like early on. I had one opinion and now I'm kind of have the exact opposite. Well, let's just let's let's talk about Corey Davis because we don't have a take on him here on the show. That's that's an interesting deal. Corey Davis, forty nine hundred, no Richard Matthews. We know that the Indianapolis Colts, I mean, pretty horrible in the secondary. I will say that I think Rashawn Melvin has been a little bit better, you know, in the last in the last few weeks. He's a guy who you, if you just watch the games, you've noticed that he's kind of good. I wonder if he's going to get a lot of Rashawn Melvin. Um, I also, when you look just through what he's done, he's getting the targets, he's getting the usage, but he yeah, hasn't but he's really been bad. Play. He's been he bad. Out, right. He's also just been bad. He looks like out of shape. He just he doesn't look like the guy I saw at Western Michigan. Like he just looks slow. Is he going to be chalk? Corey Davis? Yeah. He's going to be the highest owned player on the slate. Well, I'm not sure. Well, he's really? going to be the that highest owned player on the slate. <laughs> Is that what Jamino says? Why would I would, I, I would be stunned if he didn't? Like I, I like he is the chalkiest of chalk. <laughs> Jamino, he's chalk. Oh, he he is chalk. Wow. Yeah, I, high, is highest home player on the slate. Like I, I'd be stunned if he's not. I mean, I've in no iteration of any of my lineups that I've just tried putting together that I consistently just clear out and just start over because I get so tilted. I don't think I've had any Corey Davis because at that exact same price point. I can get Sammy Watkins against this depleted secondary of the of the New Orleans Saints. But uh, God, the Rams! I can't figure out what to do with the damn Rams. We'll just, talk about them. Yeah, uh, I say I say I say stack and move on. Um, but anyway, so all right, so a lot of talk for us to get to here. <laughs> Clearly, um, let's get to the clips and the first one. Whenever I heard Dan Bach with this take, I said we need to get this on the show. Because Dan Bach is talking about the GOAT. He wants to use him this week. He is in the epic spot. He is cheap. Here is Dan Bach on a play that I'm going to lock into every single one of my tournament lineups this weekend. All right, John, let's move to the wide receiver position. Alan Hearns, uh, again, didn't practice today. Looking doubtful this week. And, uh, you know, D.D. Westbrook here, uh, Keelan Cole, a couple of names to throw out there. And I'm the resident Jags homer here. And... D.D. Westbrook, you know, he was okay last week, but he also, I think, had a call that was called back or a a catch that was called incomplete that actually was complete. And, 
you know, we've seen it throughout this year against the, the, the Arizona Cardinals. You don't really want to take the number one guy, maybe unless it's DeAndre Hopkins because he's just the GOAT. But the two and three guys are the guys that you want. And you got to think Patrick Peterson's going to look at Marquise Lee. And that means D.D. Westbrook this week, potentially. Right. Are you of interest? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I think I do have some interest. Uh, It is worth pointing out that Keeling Cole still did out snap him last week, 45 to 35. But I think what we're going to see this week is those numbers kind of switch over where Westbrook uh, in his first game, they brought him out. They see what he can do, see how he is. And then uh, see who came out of it. And as far as we're being told, he came out of it quite well. And I think what you're going to see now is kind of a reversal of those snaps. I think he'll get uh, upwards of 60% and uh, Cole's going to drop to 40%. And for that reason, I think he's a, a pretty good play, especially when you add in the premise of what you're describing, where Patrick Peterson's likely going to lock down Marquise Lee. And let's be honest, Marquise Lee hasn't been the, uh, the sign of health uh, over the past few weeks either. Uh, and obviously no Alan Hearns. So, yeah, I mean, I think that um, that uh, D.D. Westbrook is a guy that we should be considering because his price is still uh, not cost prohibitive. Yeah, only 3600 Yeah, I mean, we saw last week like with Bruce Ellington, you know, you, when you get those 3K guys that you feel are going to get volume, you yep. kind of go there. I don't know. I don't feel as confident that necessarily the volume is going to be there as I did Last week with Ellington, we still have some time, obviously, before the games kick off to, to see how the injuries go and, and how the matchups potentially will go. And um, But he's definitely a guy who I think has huge, huge upside. But, you know, Blake Bortles still kind of worries me just a little bit um, in, in this game. But uh, definitely a name to, to consider, especially GPPs. Don't, I wouldn't roll him in cash quite yet. The epic GOAT. The, the monster, the squirmy little pipsqueak, the preseason all-time just baller, D.D. Westbrook, the Bolitnikoff Award winner. The, I can't believe he went in the fourth round. What a steal for the Jaguars. And now he's going to be in the spot that we've targeted over and over and over again this season. Even a crappy player like last week, Bruce Ellington, in this same spot was perfectly fine. He helped me to have a, a, a huge week. Uh, D.D. Westbrook, only 3,600. I mean, we're going to get Marquise Lee over on Patrick Peterson. The guy who's – I think what they're going to do, Siege, do you think they're going to bump Keelan Cole into the slot and have have D.D. Westbrook over on the outside? No chance. No? D.D. Westbrook's going to play the slot. He's going to have 100%. Okay. I don't want to say 100%, but he's going to be in the slot. Are you – He played most of his college snaps out of the slot. Are you telling me that – we're going to get D.D. Westbrook in the slot against Tyron Matthew, who yes. before he tore both ACLs ran a 4-5. <laughs> yes. uh, yeah, no, I, I'm with you on this D.D. Westbrook take. Um, I was telling you off air, the first thing I did this week when I saw Jalen Ramsey was out was uh, pop the over on this game. Um, I think Arizona is uh, going to be able to put up some points as well. Um, I, I, I like the Jags here as well. I think this game is going to be very pass-friendly. Um, not, these aren't two offenses you normally would say are too pass-friendly, but I kind of like the matchups for both passing attacks here. And D.D. Westbrook is one of those guys that I'm going to have a lot of lineups. Uh, 100% like you, probably can't go there. I think there's some other good cheap guys, but uh, well, I, I, I'm going to take a huge stand on D.D. Westbrook. That's I can't, I mean, of course, you're not going to go 100%. You play like 500 lineups. Like I said, I'm playing three lineups this week in the in the three-entry uh, Wildcat. But, yeah, I think that – I. 
I mean, it's just 3,600. It, it opens up a ton whenever there's so much I want to do. And I've been waiting on this. And well, the snap cat's going to go up this week too. Like I think he'll probably play he had, something like 50% of the snaps this week. He'll play like 35% last week. He'll play more than that. And, and the, here's the other thing is he had six targets last week. I mean, and I don't, I think it was, I think he played, let's see, let me pull up the exact snap count. I think it was 35%. I think I looked it up this um, morning. Let's see, D. Westbrook last week. No, forty-five percent of snaps. Forty-five percent. I think he'll. I think he'll be. Uh, I mean, forty-five percent of snaps, six targets. If he gets that, if he gets that thing up to sixty, we're going to be looking at something like eight targets. Eight targets for D. D. Westbrook. I mean, in the epic dream spot. Eight could be low. Especially if he's in. Especially if he's in the slot. I he's going to play the slot. Why wouldn't he play the slot? I just think that they might bump Keelan Cole into the slot. It's Why? D.D. Westbrook's played slot his whole life. Why I, are they going to change I, it now? Well, he didn't, he didn't always play slot at Oklahoma. He played the oh, he played the vast majority of his snaps out of the slot. Come on. Uh, I, I, I mean, I chart every single Texas game, and he played a lot of X versus uh, versus Texas there in his well, That's versus Texas because you guys didn't have an X corner. Like, it's a little different. <laughs> <laughs> that's very true uh, that was uh that was and also holton hill was i think sus- suspended for that one so yeah. Uh, so yeah um but so i think dd westbrook uh, certainly i i love him we've talked and talked and talked about him i see i'm looking at chris Chimino's ownership percentages right now here behind the paywall paywall at roto grinders it looks like he's only going to be seven and a half percent owned so i'll take the he, over on that by he, the way. He, even if you only get a little bit of him you can be a little bit above the field but he's going to absolutely uh, he's going to absolutely crush this weekend. Any, any interest in any other players in this game? You said it's going to be kind of pass happy. John Brown's out. Um, any you you always hate Larry Fitz. I always kind of hate. No, him. I like Larry Fitz this week. Oh really? Gets uh, I don't think Boye can cover him in the slot, so it's going to be their slot guy. And uh, I think Larry Fitzgerald can have a lot of success in this spot. Who's um, in the slot? Is it Aaron Colvin? Aaron Aaron Colvin, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's got, yeah, yeah. It's, and Fitz is just so cheap at 5,600. It's just like he's one of those guys that I kind of just keep clicking on. I'm like, well, this is 10 targets in a good spot for 5,600. Like, yes, I will click you in. You're better than Crabtree, Demarius, and Cooper. So I'm going to go ahead and click you in like every time. Uh, I, I love Larry Fitz. And if you're playing the late slate, um, a, a guy who I think is going to play more snaps this week, and I should go see what he actually played last week for snaps. But I think you're going to see DJ Foster get a bigger and bigger role here as this season rolls along. Um, he, he played a few snaps last week for sure. Uh, but I think kind of like Adrian Peterson, obviously not their future. So as they kind of become more and more relevant for the playoffs, I think you're going to see DJ Foster start taking more and more snaps um, at, kind of as the season longs along. So maybe if you're in a deep fantasy league, uh, he, he's a guy worth, uh, worth stashing because he, uh, he finally – he played 16% of the snaps last week. And I think that number is only going to go up from here. Do they, do they have him playing running back or, or wide receiver? Running back, kind of a pass-catching third-down guy. But yeah. I can see that role expanding, you know, as kind of like they get more and more out of playoff contention. Yeah, DJ Foster always – you, know, you probably know about him because he was always a sort of a sneaky uh, Patriot sort of uh, – Preseason pre- play, maybe. Pre- preseason kind of guy, yeah. Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, I, I think I took him. And if you're in a high, if you're in a league with me, you're not going to find him because I took him <laughs> everywhere. I, I, saw, I saw he played snaps this week, and it was like $1. One yeah. was like my last bench spot because, you know, come fancy playoff time, if he's playing, you know, all the snaps, like, oh, boy. <laughs> Especially now that we know that Dave, there's no chance that David Johnson, they've came out with this week saying there's no chance that David Johnson's coming. Yeah, because they're out of the playoff hunt. So like, I, I think it's, I don't think it's a coincidence. They're like, oh, we're out of the playoff hunt, and now you're going to see DJ Foster starting to ramp up the snaps a little bit. 
All right. So um, nobody here looking to the playoffs just yet. They're all interested in the daily information for this week. So I guess you know what? He's he's a play on the four game slate. (laughs) You think so? I play him on the four. I play him on the four game slate. With Andre Ellington gone and, and AP just being an old, old kind yeah. of decrepit old man. Yeah, like what happens? Like what happens if AP twists his ankle in the first quarter? Which is which is very possible. I mean, it, here's the other thing: is that um, I, I think that I just don't think you're not going to be able to get the traditional run game going on the Jacksonville Jaguars. No, anymore. you're not. It's not it's, it, it, it isn't a run funnel anymore. It's just it's gotten much better with Marcel, Marcel Darius. Yeah. All right, so uh, that was the D.D. Westbrook take. Clearly just all the love in the world uh, from this side for D.D. at 3,600 on D.K. Um, uh, here's our next one. This one comes from the DFS pick six. And this is – see, we're going to have to talk this one out too because this is just – there are a couple players on this team that I'm – and I'm interested in a lot of them, but it's impossible to get them all in. Um, Lord Reeves at the very end of the DFS pick six, that was mainly a – show previewing the Thanksgiving slate just got into a few of their main plays for the Sunday slate and Lord Reeves says this is a player who he hasn't played all season that he is using his ticket for this week to get on board a lot of people have played this card already but I have not played my card yet this is a Julio Jones week I have not played my Julio card once all season uh everyone's allotted one most have failed this is my Julio Jones card week um I know he's been frustrating. He's still fourth in the league in receiving yards per game. He leads all receivers and targets per route run. He has a 31.5% target market share over his past five games, and he's in a spot that he's typically destroyed uh, and that we target. I mean, uh, wide receiver ones are averaging 17.8 PPR points per game against Tampa Bay. It's the third highest total in the league. Uh, 68% of the receiving yards they allow is going to wide receivers. That's uh, number three in the league. Uh, and Julio has just massacred the Buccaneers in his career. 68 catches for 1,110 yards and eight touchdowns in just 10 games. He's had 16.6 or more PPR points in nine of those 10 games uh, at home, indoors. Uh, I, I'm playing my one. Everyone gets one this year. I'm using my this is the week for Julio Jones card this week. All right, so that comes from the DFS pick six with Eric Crane, Evan Silva, and Rich Rebar, Lord Reeves. You just heard Lord Reeves there saying that this is finally the week, Siege. He says that he's dodged the bullet. I mean, it seems like you, if you haven't played much Julio this year, you've kind of – is that how you feel like you've kind of dodged a bullet or have you been happy with what you've been getting out of him? I think – I mean, as a Julio owner, it's season long, you know, for PPR – he hasn't had the huge upside that I've hoped for, but he's had a he's had a fairly good floor. Um, we just haven't really had the big explosion. Of course, only the one touchdown all year uh, in the in the fog versus the versus your Patriots. What do you what do you think this week? Do you think that this is finally the week? If, if you haven't gotten on board with Julio, that this is the week to do it. He's only seven seventy seven hundred. I heard Adam Levitan last night on the Experts Square Table say that. Um, it's the cheapest he's been since 2014 in a, in a non-Seahawks matchup. I was kind of interested in then our boy, Scott, who we're about to make fun of because, I mean, I don't <laughs> even know if this show could happen without Scott. I mean, no, just, no. He is just like yeah. – you know, he's just he's, – he's, he makes the shift. He keeps on giving. He really is. But just, uh, I'm thankful for Scott Barrett and, and, and his takes. It's interesting, though. He says that since week six, Julio Jones ranks ninth among all receivers in yards per game, but 77th in routes run per game. Like that, that just to me screams like limited upside. 
Like, if he's just not playing, like, all the snaps, like, then what? he's never going to go put up that 200-something-plus-yard game that wins you a slate. I'm telling you, man, too, is a guy that just owns him in a ton of high stakes, like, experts, like, season-long leagues. Like, I, I get I get tilted by how much he goes off the field and looks like he's limping and how he, like, how he, how he takes himself off or, you know, past the helmet and brings himself off. Um, you know, you wonder if you – I don't know, man. Like he, he isn't on the injury report. I don't think this week finally. So, you know, I think he probably should be healthy for it. I think if the, like, dude, the Tampa Bay Bucks, for one, he's, he's murdered them in his, in, in, in his career uh, for two, they've been awful. I mean, it, it's the best, not the best, but one, I think our matchup tool has, what do we have this at roster watch matchup tool has this as the, fourth best matchup for opposing wide receivers this week because they are getting a little bit better, a little bit healthier there on the back end. Um, I noticed, though, for $600 less, another take we're going to get to, we'll, we'll, we'll talk later about one of the other players who somebody's talked about taking over Julio. But uh, there are players in better matchups who are cheaper that you know represent maybe as, as much upside. I just don't know, man. It feels like doesn't one of those games from Julio feel like it has to be coming this season at some point? Just I mean, the sure, it could, it, sure, it could happen this week. It's just a situation where I like uh, Tevin Coleman more, and it's just not going to happen. All right, well, Tevin Coleman, I was I was looking through here uh, today, and the matchup uh, that we have is the fifteenth, uh, so kind of a middling matchup for opposing runners on the roster watch matchup tool. But if you look back at who they faced, any t- if you look at um, Devontae Freeman's game splits. When Ted, when uh, I'm sorry, Tevin Coleman's game slip list. Whenever Devontae Freeman's not in the game, uh, he 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 averages about 19 touches. If you look and see the players who have gotten at least 19 touches uh, versus the um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers as running backs this season, even standard, the floor for that is uh, 22.6 fantasy points. So I think in a PPR setup like. DraftKings, I think that he represents a nice floor if we can count on that 19 to 20 touches uh, against against this uh, Tampa Bay front. Also, man, Atlanta at home runs the football. And I don't think people talk about that as much. That They're much more run heavy at home. And that has not changed, even with the change in the uh, offensive coordinators to, to Steve Sarkeesian. So I just don't know if I can get in Julio and Tevin Coleman in the same lineup. I mean, I don't mind really. Do you, do you like having that much exposure to the – Falcons, and if you do, do you have to get in Matt Ryan too at that point and bring it back with a buck and do all the do, do the whole line? I'm, ju- I'm just not going to have much Julio this week. It, but, it's just that's, that's really what this is just going to come down to. But what if you did want to have Julio and you did want to have fade Coleman? Like you just you can't be having this much Atlanta on this slate for me personally. Like you I can't just just, you just can't have the onslaught. I, I don't see it. it. Like I I think there's just a lot of other spots that I would rather onslaught than this one. I will mention if you if, if you had the uh, if you had the under at two segments before I brought up a prop <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna get the win or what would you get the win? Yeah, More, like under I, two. Yeah, yeah, un, under two. Under um, two and a half should have been a line realistic. Under two is not realistic. Julio Jones just an epic prop this week at seventy seven hundred. If you look at the at our um, the NFL DFS flex values that we have up for our pro members at Roster Watch, Julio Jones at seventy seven hundred is fourth place right now that of the 76 props that I've been able to get from some of the offshore sources um the receptions it's our fourth best match for the week the receptions prop is six the receiving yards prop is 89.5 if 
you bake in the prorated bonus and CJ's going to laugh again. Once again, he's a favorite to score. He's been a favorite to score every week. <laughs> he's a favorite to score at minus 125. Uh, through the, the trans- easiest bet in the world, just bet against him scoring every week. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. You'd be you you'd be you'd be printing if if you did because he's usually a favorite. Twenty one point two eight is the projected scoring just from the early prop on him. That's two point seven six x on that seventy seven hundred uh, price tag on DK. Only three players with uh, better props as far as um, in comparison to their pricing on DraftKings. And generally, a guy that's seventy seven hundred isn't that high a value. It's just the one thing that keeps, I keep going, you know, thinking back to is maybe, maybe Julio is a value this week, but um, I'm just, I'm really, really struggling with what I'm going to do with Julio. What I'm going to do with Tevin because Tevin at only 6,500. I think Siege, you're, you're saying that you you would go with Tevin over Julio, but do you, are you going to go with Tevin or are you yeah. just saying in a hypothetical? Oh, all right. Yeah. Okay. We'll talk about that later though. All right, uh, let's get on to the next clip here. This one comes from, oh, our boy, we just talked about, More Gold from Scott Barrett. Um, Very interesting take about a very, very crappy quarterback. Scott, let's go dumpster diving here. And there are some really intriguing dumpster plays on DraftKings this week. I'm looking at guys like Matt Moore could possibly be. C.J. Beathard uh, against the Seattle defense that just doesn't really look right good. But you're going to the biggest dumpster possibly of them all in Paxton Lynch. But this more has much more to do uh, with the Raiders defense than Paxton Lynch. Yeah, man. Uh, don't don't love Paxton Lynch as a talent, a guy who couldn't beat out Trevor Simeon earlier in the season. Uh, but it's the single best possible matchup, and he's cheap enough on DraftKings. So let me just tell you about how historically bad this Oakland Raiders defense is. Uh, so they're allowing the second most fantasy points per drop back to opposing quarterbacks. Okay, all right. They currently rank last in the league with an opposing passer rating of 113.2. Okay, that's pretty bad. But uh, for perspective, that passer rating, if owned by a single quarterback, would tie Tony Romo's 2014 season for the sixth best passer rating of all time on lists with guys like Peyton Manning on their twice, Tom Brady on their once, Aaron Rodgers on their once. The Raiders are the first team in NFL history with zero interceptions through their first nine games, their first 10 games. Only the Giants have recorded fewer sacks this season. Uh, Tom Brady, 339 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions last week. Okay, it's Tom Brady. But the Oakland's game before that, Jay Cutler threw for 311 yards, three touchdowns, and zero interceptions. In his entire 148-game career, that was his first such game with at least 300 yards, three touchdowns, and zero interceptions. My point is, if Jay Cutler could do it, I mean, come on. I just – see, I don't know what to say. Um, Scott Barrett, here's the thing. So many times, though, here's the thing about Scott. We Sometimes we bury the guy for his takes, and then we end up being wrong. He was dead on last week saying you're a donk to play Rex Burkhead. Oh, um, up, no, he was – no, we, no, no. We ran awful. Burkhead got the first four touches, and then he fumbled. No, no, <laughs> no. Rex was on his way to getting 30 touches in that game. Like, it was clear that Rex Burkhead was – he was on his way to being the guy in that game. I think 30 touches is a little high. Yeah, maybe a little high. Like, yeah. he was well on his way to being, like, the guy. 
And then he yeah. fumbled the football in the red zone and he got benched for a quarter. And then he was clearly rattled after that. Because they, they had like a couple plays. He had like a walk-in touchdown that he dropped. Like he yeah. was clearly rattled after the fumble. No doubt. But well, like. Let's not let the Burkhead talk take us away from this horrible take from Scott Barrett saying that he wants to actually, he wants to actually click. He wants to actually in like in contest on DraftKings that he's, that he's put his money into. He wants to click on, on Paxton Lynch's name of all people and play him at quarterback, a guy who can't beat out Trevor Simeon, a guy who, man, at these, are these Broncos training camps for our training camp tour. When, when I see the footage that gets sent back of these two quarterbacks and just the, just the, the reports and just what I've seen with my own two eyes, I, I mean, he is bad. He is, he is, he has never looked good at any point. Siege, do you think that the matchup trumps all here? Maybe rushing upside, um, Price, I don't even know. Like, how do you wrap your head around this? Because I've heard people talk about Paxton Lynch. I heard J.M. to win. Did J.M. to win sharp? He was talking about him last night on the Expert Square table. People, it's like it's like the devil you have you know is worse than the devil you don't know. Yeah. And it's just like it, it, it's just like people haven't seen Paxton. I did that backwards, but the idea is that like they haven't seen Paxton Lynch be awful lately, so they forget how awful he is. Whereas, like, you know, they've seen, like, Mike Lennon and Trubisky be terrible. And they're like, oh, you know, like, this guy, maybe he's not terrible. Like, no. Like, I got, he, I got he, news. He's bad. Like, bad. I, I don't understand how you could possibly <laughs> pay him, play him for two when you, for 200 more. You can get Blaine Gabbert, who we've already talked about. actually has a nice, decent matchup with Fitzgerald in the slot for 4,600. Or C.J. Beathard for 4,600. Both of those guys are infinitely better plays. Like, way better plays. I, you, you know, I loved Gabbert last week. I think Gabbert could get absolutely roasted this week. I think, Why? I, think, I mean, I get the offensive line's bad, but Larry Fitzgerald's just going to be wide open over the middle of the field like 19 times. Yeah, but he's he, he's 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 going to get sacked seven times and just break his break his little neck or something, man. He's going to get hurt. All he's going to do, though, is just get two touchdowns before that. Like, it's Maybe. not – Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's true. I think he's going to get sacked six times at least. I mean, probably. I'm not disputing uh, that. But, like, I would play that at 4,600 over Paxton Lynch. I can just see him getting sacked and just. Okay, hey, you want to take Paxton Lynch versus Blaine Gabbert? We can gladly do that. No, no, don't. Put You're me defending in that Paxton Lynch right now. That's no, what's I'm happening. Just, I'm just saying, why not go up to Jacoby Brissett? Because I mean, that's a significant amount of money more. Is like, it? That's, that's a thousand more. That's a, that's like twenty percent more. But like, he's fifty-four. Like, he's fifty-four. 54. That's a thousand more. How much is Lynch? Lynch is forty-four hundred. Yeah, that's significantly more. C.J. Beathard is forty-six hundred. Like, I'm just play C.J. Beathard at 4,600 against the Absolutely. Seattle defense that literally can't stop a fly right now. Yeah, at at, at home, right? Yeah. At home. yeah, yeah, coming off the bye week. No, agreed, agreed. Against um, the Seattle team is playing on – do they play Sunday night or Monday night? Seattle played on – Monday night, right? Yeah, it was the – So, it's no, a team coming off of – It was Tevin Coleman with his elbow down on the three-inch line. Just, I, I, that was quite happy for me, so I can live with that. It was the most tilting experience. But like, so but Seattle played on Monday, right? So it's the team yeah. coming off the bye versus a short week team traveling on the road. Yeah, there's all sorts of good trends there. No, yeah, I, yeah, I like it. I just think that Pat. I mean, you know, we got to give him. We got to give Scott. I mean, basically Scott's side of the Scott's side of the story here is that is the open defense is terrible. You know, they just fired. They just fired the defensive coordinator. They're still like talent there in the front seven like i'm not giving up on the open deep quite yet and I, I know it's a narrative based thing to say but you always get it you 
always get a dead cat bounce from a unit whenever their coordinator is fired. I legitimately think the Raiders' defense is in play. Like, if you told me, hey, guess what? Paxton Lynch, a defense, Paxton Lynch is on the road and that defense is going to be under 3% owned. And, and I just, I, I, didn't, I didn't give you the team name. I just said it's going to be a defense against Paxton Lynch at home at 3% for 3,000. You'd be like, all right, where do I sign up? And, and, and one of the league's like one of the league's premier edge rushers going against a very crappy right, right tackle too. Yeah. You could, you could, you could say that just, and just not say the name of the team. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, yeah, that, I mean, it all makes sense to me. I don't like Paxton Lynch. I'm not going to, we're going to, we actually have a defensive take this week that we'll talk about. It's the reason why I'm not going to get on to Raiders, but that's very interesting because man, I could use some salary. What do the Raiders even cost? 3000 3000 ah, I wish they were a little cheaper. Um, okay, uh, let's let's go ahead to get, to get to the next one. This is not the one where we talk about a defense, but this is an interesting take. Um, this one comes from the Swole cast. It comes from Davis Maddock, who has we, – we, we talked about Julio Jones. There's a certain wide receiver that was chalk last week, and he was very, very, very good chalk in all of my lineups. Uh, this is a wide receiver who's not being talked about. Basically, I haven't heard him talked about at all this week. Who he says that he likes more than Julio Jones. Do you think that people, even regardless of the the bad results, but good volume for Jones, will for sure play him over Cooks? Yeah, I think for sure. Okay. I I actually think Cooks is probably who I like better this week for the six hundred dollar discount on DraftKings. Right. I, I, I like understand that that's like the anti sharp take like everyone who like thinks that they're like a sharp like everyone who posts Excel spreadsheets to Twitter is just like if you don't play Julio this week you're like an extreme donkey <laughs> but like at like at it like a certain point you have to understand I mean Evan how long has Julio Jones not being put in touchdown scoring positions been a thing for the Falcons. Oh, we lost Evan's audio. Evan's uh, muted, I think. He he actually has a decent number of red zone targets, but he's been so inefficient. Like I'm starting to wonder, is he Andre Johnson? You, you know, is he is he, no, is he like he's not Andre that Johnson? Bad. I mean, all right. Well, I, I I mean, I don't think that he is either, but he has been inefficient uh, in the red zone. Muhammad Sanu just crushes in the red zone. I mean, I, I again, I'm going to play a lot of Julio this week, but you know, I that's a situation worth discussing. All right, so there we go. Uh, that was from the Swole cast. That was Davis Maddock. And the player that he likes better than Julio this week, to much to the consternation of some of his co-hosts there on the Swole cast, is uh, Brandon Cooks, who exploded last week in Mexico City. An absolute monster, a predictable monster, because um, he was going up against, you know, slow slow corners. It was just – it was only a matter of time before he popped off the big play, be, be, before he took the top off the defense – which he ended up doing. Also got a bunch of volume, as Siege was talking about, uh, as we were off air. Siege, how do you feel about that? Uh, Brandon Cooks is only 7,100 on DK. Julio Jones, 7,700 on DK. I mean, it just seems like with, in the world of the echo DFS echo chamber and the recency bias and everything else like that, it seems like generally Brandon Cooks coming off a game like that, going up against the crappy Miami secondary at home, it seems like everybody would be on him, but I don't think many people are going to be on him. Let's look and see what Jamino has him at. Jamino has him at fifteen, only fifteen percent ownership. That's like half the ownership of guys like Corey Davis and Cooper Cup. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with the take. I, I'm just not on Julio this week. Like, I just I, – I think Cook's target share with Chris Hogan out is through the roof. And they've, they're not using Gronk. Like, like, Gronk for me is not even DFS relevant right now. What? Like they're, they're just not that's even – right. That's a hot take. I mean, they're not they're not running those post patterns over the middle of the field like where like he gets those 20 yard pass plays you know and he takes the hit like they're not running those plays this year and without those plays in the playbook which I'm just, granted I'm sure they're there you know if they ever needed it but like they're just running like these kind of out yard passes he gets out of bounds or he takes like a hit that's not you know like not a, a safety running full bore at him like without like the full Gronk route tree I just can't play them and there's no Hogan so it's basically Cooks um and we met we've talked about Xavier Howard he's not what they thought but they're still leaving him out on some islands and I don't think that's going to work out very well they against keep, Cooks. They, keep te- they keep testing him dude they, just, um, they, they keep trying they, they like, they're they're like hey, yeah, yeah they, they keep leaving him out there one-on-one and you do that against Tom Brady and Brandon Cooks that's uh, going to end up with Cooks walking to the end zone at some point all right, so we talked about it all. We we talked about it off air when we were even trying to even make a lineup with these guys. But you you like who who are the guys that you said you like better than Julio in that same price range? Thomas Cooks, Doug Baldwin, who's by the way like getting completely lost. Um, slots against San Francisco, um, uh, and then uh, who's the other one? Oh, C.Y. Hilton. And and slots against San Francisco. We we were off that to begin this season, but ever since Jimmy Ward, Jaquiski Tart, both gone. All this, all all bets are off with those with those slot wide receivers uh, against the 49ers. So I completely agree there. It doesn't seem like that many people have been talking about uh, Doug Baldwin this week. While it seems like a ton of people have been talking about Russell Wilson being chalk, um, this, this, uh, we can talk about Russell Wilson and Doug Baldwin and then being chalk a little bit later. I don't think any quarterback's really going to be chalk. I think it's going to be spread out a little bit. It seems like a lot of people have their own their own wild ideas and their own favorites this week. Um, so let's just go ahead and get to the next clip. This is one that from uh, this comes from the expert square table with J.M. DeWin and Levitan, Adam Levitan. It says um, this is a take from J.M. DeWin that I, you know, he says that there's a cheat code this week. And I just think this is a, I, I think if you use this cheat code, you are cheating yourself out of cash. <laughs> that's, what, that's the one I was going to use. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm, I'm sorry to steal it. Now let's get to the clip from the uh, expert square table. You know, last week you texted me on Sunday about what I called the cheat code, which was Crowell and Duke Johnson together playing them like a single high priced running back. Um, and I, I usually, I would argue that the roster spot is just more valuable than doing that. But uh, last week, I didn't feel tremendously confident in any of the high-priced running backs. And this week, there's not a lot of value. So this is one more last week, you know, before they have Coleman and Josh Gordon to throw to that I'm willing to go there uh, together, treat them as one high-priced running back, four-plus points in six of the last eight games. Um, It's the only way for the Browns to move the ball. I know they're, they're idiots. They don't know what they're doing. Hugh Jackson is, like, I mean, he's a guy that we used to like when he was with the Bengals. We used to call him a talent optimizer. He was a guy that we felt strongly about. I think he's just in over his head as a head coach. But um, but I do think that Crowell and Duke Johnson is, once again, a viable way to expose yourself, you know, probably to 24 to 31 points uh, and treat it as one high-priced running back and just say, look, there's my value, and I'm hoping for 25 to 30 and, and move forward from there. See, how can I play Isaiah Crowell in DraftKings? I mean, I look, Duke Johnson, I've been fine. Dude, how could I play two crappy two I mean, 
how can I play two running backs on a, on a, on a crappy team where one is one is seeming it seems like Duke Johnson. I understand. I've been playing Duke a lot. He's been good for me in that 4K range for the last couple of weeks. I feel like I've kind of skated by by the skin of my teeth a little bit because I mean, one I think one week recently he's got me like 16 points on DraftKings on only six touches. So I feel like that the I've gotten a little bit lucky with my Duke Johnson exposure. I would never, ever, ever, ever think about getting Isaiah Crowell in a in a DraftKings lineup in, a, in an efficiency based lineup, knowing how game flow dependent he is, and also knowing that the offensive coordinator came out this week and said they need to get Duke Johnson more involved. How do you feel about this and just the general theory about putting two, putting two running backs from the same team in one lineup as a way of saying that you can probably get 24 points out of those two guys, which is about a 12-point each average, and then you can load up at the other positions with players that you like. There's just no way. Like, Rex Burkhead's 4,300. Like, talk about the ultimate flop lag. Like, this is a great Rex spot. Like, James White is basically just like a like a platoon guy at this point. And I think he even got extra snaps because Rex fumbled. Like, I guess if Rex fumbles again, you're in trouble. But, like, 4,300 unowned. Like, last week he was super chalked at 38. Like, this, not, this, spot, this spot is better than last spot. week's. Same, same spot. I don't think it's better. I think it's the same. I think it's the same. I think it's a little better. Why? Because they're at home? Yeah. And I just and I, I just that think that they're sense. gonna I think they're gonna run a few more short patterns. Like I think they, they were willing like throw more deep patterns against the Raiders because the Raiders corners and set and safeties are that bad. Like Miami safeties and secondary are bad, but they're not that bad. Miami's I, mean, back I also think they're gonna be running as many deep balls. I'm telling you, man, Rashad Jones is a good safety. Is he is he hurt? No, he is a good safety. That's what I'm saying. Like, right. like, I mean, it's not a good secondary in general, but it's way no. better than the Raiders. Right, right. So um, I just, I don't think it's the deep. The game plan is going to be, you know, run, run, play action, bomb, run, run, play action, bomb. It's going to be more of a, you know, spread them out, they can dunk type deal. I don't mind the Duke. I don't mind the Duke Johnson call at all. I mean, yeah, I don't mind that. It's just like I, I just don't think it's a, like there's enough value this week. I feel like that, like if we had had a whole week to talk about this slate. I feel like people would be a lot more comfortable with the value because like they would have heard like everyone talk about it. Like mm-hmm. there's still value on this slate. Like I know Cleveland's extremely good against the run, but Joe Mixon's getting all the work now at 44. Uh, yep. You know, Rex Burkhead, um, Carlos Hyde at 55 is way too cheap. JD uh, McKissick is a game where they're, where they're in a game where it's like, I mean, they're going to, the one of the San Francisco is one of the fastest paced teams that there is. He got 60% of the snaps. Last week, I mean, they, and, they, and Seattle can't run, so right. like they're gonna they're, they just run a ton of plays by nature, even if they'd like to play slow because they have so many incomplete passes. Well, just before you just be, before we get on to the next clip, let me just tell you in my in my Vegas props tool over at rosterwatch.com for our pro subscribers, the two top the two top props of the week on a point per dollar basis. Joe Mixon is the very top one versus Cleveland for 4,400. He has a 2.5 receptions prop, which I think seems low. The rushing plus receiving yards prop, 74.5, and he's plus 110 to score. That's projected scoring at 12.81. That's 2.91x value. And number two is J.D. McKissick at San Francisco at 3,700. He has a three reception prop and the rushing plus receiving yards prop of 52.5. And he's pretty good odds to score at plus 150 
much better than he's been all season long. He's generally a plus 300, plus 400 kind of satellite back guy. So that's projected scoring at 10.65, 2.88x, the two highest on the whole ent ent entire sheet there of 75 props that I've gone and collected so far. So I, I do agree. I think that there's good value down there at the bottom. And I've been thinking about those two players, those two players myself as a way that I can uh, get into some of these higher dollar stacks. And oh, I even forgot my favorite too. I forgot Devontae Booker. Devontae Booker with another top eight excellent prop uh, at 3,700, 2.5 reception prop with a 58.5 rushing plus receiving yards uh, prop himself. So only plus 300 to score, which seems a little bit odd. But dude, plus 300? Yeah. Which, oh, which I would absolutely love. I would absolutely hop on that one. Um, plus 300? Plus oh, 300. He, he's definitely way better odds than plus 300 to score. These are these are early props from from like offshore books. So it, ah, it, all, the, all those all those prop bets are soft. Um, let's uh, let's go on to yeah. But no, no. I was gonna say we talked about Paxton Lynch earlier. I, I'm, no one's talking about any of these Denver runners, and it feels kind of gross. But it seems like Devontae Booker's taken over that job. Uh, Denver Broncos insiders who 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 I've spoken to say that they, this thing is shaping up to be a. Um, to be a backfield of Devontae Booker and D'Angelo Henderson next year anyway, and they're going to be shifting more to him now that Mike McCoy uh, is, is, is out of there. So I, I think that the, the Devontae Booker is a perfectly reasonable play and he's only, he's down there at 3,700. So an excellent prop uh, coming, coming for him too. So certainly somebody else we can keep an eye on. Um, and then let's go to the final take. This is the defensive take that we talked about. This comes from the Sharp DFS analysis show with Chris Raybon, Chris Gimino, and Warren Sharp, which airs as the nightcap on Fridays after the Swolecast and the Experts Square Table. This is Chris Raybon talking about a defense that you just cannot fade this week. I just think, you know, as, as Warren alluded to, the Jaguars, I mean – they're every position on defense, save for maybe that cornerback spot without Ramsey, but you know, everywhere on there, it, like, it's not even about their cornerback. It's about their, it's about their front seven and Arizona's front um, offensive line is very, very poor. Um, if you, if you look at their pro football focus ratings, they have no offensive linemen starting with a, a grade over a 52.7 and that's out of a hundred. Meanwhile, the Jaguars front seven everyone is, is graded above uh, 77.8. So, you know, that's just a mismatch. I don't – I think that the Jaguars – you know, they, they've scored 20 uh, fantasy points four separate times this season, the Jaguars' defense. And that is more than all but six other players on the, on the DraftKings slate. So, I mean, you're, you're looking for upside, and there's like six or seven home – large home favorites, and there's just a lot of large favorites on the slate – and the Jaguars are the most expensive one. So that being said, I don't think their ownership is really going to be, um, you know, commensurate with what they, their upside is. And this is a kind of a tough slate in a way where there's not really any gimme, gimme plays, at least not as we speak right now, where they're just, you know, guaranteed to hit value at a real world price. So, I mean, yeah, the Jaguars are 41 uh, on DraftKings, for example, but they have that 20-point upside that – there's not, you know, out of all the, the players in that salary range, the Jags D might have, like, might have to be the most likely to hit 20 points than any of, you know, the other players you might find at even a position like receiver or running back or something like that. So I really think that uh, you got to give consideration 
even though they're the most expensive defense and it's kind of a tight slate. Um, I think you have to give consideration to paying up for that Jaguars defense. And then on the other side of the ball, I think Leonard Fournette is somebody that's probably going to go a little bit overlooked um, just because th there's other running backs that have kind of been, been killing it a little more lately. You know, the Saints running backs, Kamara and Ingram, you got Gurley in a smash spot and you got Kareem Hunt in a really good matchup. I think people are still going to want to attack that as well. And so I don't, I don't really hear too many people talking about Fournette right now, but I think stacking him with the Jags defense is quite interesting. You'll probably get him at a pretty low ownership compared to the other stud backs. All right. So that comes from uh, sharp DNF DFS analysis with uh, Chris Raybon, Warren Sharp, and uh, Chris Gimino, who does the ownership projections. And, and um, coincidentally, Siege and I were just looking at the defensive ownership projections and the defense that uh, they were talking about there, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the highest um, cost defense on the slate is actually only projected as the third highest uh, ownership percentage defense on this slate. For me, Siege, like we were talking about previously, I think that they are going to murder Blaine Gabbert uh, this week behind that crappy offensive line. I think he's going to get he's going to get sacked and curled up into a fetal position at some point, maybe even knocked out of the football game. Um, so I've been I've been locking in Jacksonville for the most part. The only other two defenses I've been messing with have been the Eagles and the Bengals. I you, you you mentioned earlier the Oakland Raiders. It looks like the Atlanta Falcons are going to be pretty popular uh, as well as the Carolina Panthers. Chris Raybon said that a good pivot off of Kareem Hunt is to go with a stack or correlation play of the Jaguars, just lock in the Jaguars defense and also get in uh, Leonard, Leonard Fournette as the running back defensive correlation. Your thoughts on the defenses this week and whether you would want to pivot off of Kareem Hunt with Leonard Fournette versus the Cardinals. I just think the, I just think this game is going to have more throwing than people think. I don't hate the idea of Fournette. Uh, I'm just not his biggest supporter. <laughs> so that's, just the that's just the tournament player in you knowing it's so contrarian, but you just can't do it because you hate Fournette. Right, I mean that's the deal. <laughs> I, I just, I just think they're gonna throw the ball. It's more like I, I want to be on D.D. Westbrook more. I think that's really what that comes down to. Yeah, no, and, you know, there's these value running backs that I kind of want to be on. Like I, I see my lineup construction kind of me being overweight on the value at running back, kind of paying up at that wide receiver tier, and then kind of getting getting around the play up with some pay up for some of these defenses. So I think I'll have some jacks. I, I've had some jags every week, and I don't think I'm really gonna stop now because they just keep getting defensive touchdowns at what realistically is probably an unsustainable rate. But still, um, I just like – it's like when you look at the running backs this week, right, and it's like Coleman and Gurley I like, but it's just like I don't really like the Saints guys as much as the field. I think their price is kind of too high at this point. It's so high for two guys that share the – Hunt, I just – Hunt is just like – he's going to get a touchdown eventually, but good God. He's, 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 he's going to get a touchdown this week. He's going to get one this week. I, I know, mean, but is one going to get it done? Like, I like Hunt. I'll, I'll probably try to be overweight at the field slightly, but I don't love the play. And then after that, it's kind of like, you know, like the cheapies. And I think I kind of just want to roll in cheapy land. You know, and just kind of like these stud wide receivers, like they're such good spots, man. You you are such a contrarian, dude, because that's so it's the antithesis of the build this week. Because there is be, it though, you, like yes, it's the antithesis like, of the build. All you hear people talking. Look, I mean, look at Jamino's ownership pro pro projections. The the top owned wide receivers are all 
five five k uh four point nine k then you get to julio jones people are gonna pay it for they're gonna pay it for ty hilton but then you get to another it's just insane it's just insane that these elite wide receivers in like the goat spots are all gonna be low owned like they are and then you look at the end but then you look at why but like why like what's better value Cooper Cup, who drops a ball once every four times it's thrown you, to him. You, you take it back. Corey Davis, who's he's a slow. Like, Sammy Watkins, who's done nothing all season. Julio Jones, who can't catch touchdowns. Like, are those better plays than a guy who's getting more and more of the running back's share? Like, in Rex, in Hyde, in McKissick, like, Duke Johnson? Like, you're really telling me that Cooper Cup is a better value than, like, the running back value? Well, here's the thing is uh, Duke Johnson gets as many targets per game as Cooper Cub. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he, so I think. Um, and like everyone forgets like Jared Goff could just dump this ball off the Todd Gurley 10 times in this spot. And if that's the case, you're going to, you're going to need to pay it for Todd Gurley. So I mean, that's the guy I, would pay up for. I, mean I, I said, I like Coleman and Gurley. Right. And then right. I prefaced it after that. Right. But I, it's just a situation where I feel like, I feel like if this week were longer, people would just be like, wait a minute, Doug Baldwin's a slot against San Francisco and Brandon Cooks is getting 60% of the targets and Michael Thomas in a game that's going to shoot out has been getting 40% of the, of the air yards. And you would just go on and on and just be like, why am I paying like cheap prices for guys that are unproven? Like, I don't think we need to. Yeah. I mean, it just, it just seems to me, I look at where I see the, where I see the chalk starting to develop clearly. I like, I watch all these shows on Roto grinders to, to give my input on the clips that we should use it just it seems to me that at least from what's going on here in this echo chamber at Roto Grinders, and I know a ton of people watch this content, like it just seems like people are talking about the value being at wide receiver and then paying but up. It, here's the thing. Everyone high. says the value is at wide receiver. The value is in two wide receivers. It's not like that there's a list of seven or eight guys that are going to be chalky. I, I think that there are – No, I, I, no I personally disagree, Rick. I think there are other names that should be in that tier. But, like, if I, we're talking about the chalk, right? There are two names out there, Cup and Davis. Like no, no. 40% and, and, of lineups are going to have one of those two guys. And then Watkins, Kenny Stills, people talk, are talking about him with Matt no, no, let's, just, let's just talk about, like, the mega chalk guys. Just Let's just stop there. Like, I can't believe good. Corey Davis is mega chalk, but I guess he is. He I is. Mean, he definitely is. is. Like, so, like, if you are looking at those situations, it's like, okay, what are the, what's the bust probability on Cooper Cup? And Corey Davis. What it's you, pretty damn define, high. How do you define bust? At le- less than 3x? I mean, for tournaments, uh, realistically, 4x for tournaments. Oh, less than 20 points for Cooper Cup? I'd say he's got a – I mean, 18 to 20, let's just say, for what, both those what, guys. What is, what, is his, what is his median scoring in P- – his median scoring in PPR is only – like his median scoring in PPR is like almost like half of that. So, I mean, I think that – Right, and that's my point, right? So I just feel like that, like, this value is not as safe, I think, as the general public wants it to be. Like, if you wanted to take a st- – if Rashard Matthews is out and you wanted to take a real stand in tournaments, Taiwan Taylor could be the guy. Like, Oh, yes. You love Taiwan Taylor? I, I've, been I mean, t- I've, been, I've been texting my friends about Taiwan Taylor, and nobody's – like, I'm like, he's 3K. It could be – it could be on the fast track. It could get sick, and nobody's even responding to my texts. I mean, he's a freak. Like, I was upset when they Dude. signed Eric Decker to steal stats away, snaps away from this guy. I complain about it every time Eric Decker does nothing on the football field. I'm like, why are they running this team, this guy out for snaps? 
No, like, he, yeah, he was on my all senior bowl team this year, along with like, like along Cooper Eric, Eric Decker was just a complete waste of space on this roster. Complete waste of space. I mean, it's a you know, it's a three and one fifty type play. I wouldn't go crazy, but like, I wouldn't be surprised if like Taiwan Taylor catches five balls for one hundred and twenty and score. And just like just yeah. takes burns the cold no. secondary. God, like, God, if he did that, I might, I'm, I might win a million bucks if he uh, if he does that. Or, I, or I just, maybe I just even think, I split it up something. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, I'm gonna have at least one lineup that has that has Taiwan Taylor. I didn't think anybody else was even thinking about it. No, I I think it's like I think he's a really I think he's like a like I'd rather play Taywan Taylor at like 0.2 percent than eat 28 percent Corey Davis. And this is a complete change from earlier in the week too. I was I was ready to eat this chalk earlier in the week. Like I was ready to go, and then I was just like, what? I went and watched the tape, and I was like, this is yeah. the guy everyone's been all excited about all week on Twitter. Like well, this guy's slow. He's dropping balls. He's, he's running not- four routes. He's doing everything you don't want to do. Yeah, but he looked – I mean, he he does look like a younger Dez. And, boy, how bad does Dez look, by the way? I mean, he's I mean he gone. could be, but he's not in shape. Like, this is – I think this is just a right. season you got to throw away on Corey Davis and then come back next year in your best balls and just start – Yeah, like, pounding. Just taking him at low – like, he's just going to be, like, so low on and just – like, second year is, like, the big jump for wide receivers. I, I, I just – I'm re- I think I'm ready to write off Corey Davis at this point this season. So our bets from last week, you completely swept me. Do you do you remember what your bold call was? I don't remember. I remember mine. It was the it was the the Jared Cook monster. That certainly didn't come to fruition. Um, thank God last week for uh, Keenan Allen and Brandon Cooks just pull, 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 pulling me out of that deal. But um, yeah. And then you won. I think all three of our bets. That brings you up to plus six plus six units on plus me. Plus seven. Plus six. We, it was only three last week, wasn't it? I thought it was a plus four. If it's a plus four, then it's a plus seven. We'll go back and, re- and review the tape. I think it was a plus three, but we'll go back and review the tape. So it's either plus six or plus seven. Either way, it's, either way, it's looking good for either way. Seats. Either way, it's not looking good for me. Um, and and those were Kareem, I took Kareem Hunt versus Melvin Gordon, who wasn't even that good, and Todd Gurley wasn't even that good, but Kareem Hunt just busted. And then of course the Houston defense versus the Arizona defense, which I didn't know until just now. We were talking on Twitter with Big with Big T, and you said you won that bet. I was about to tweet you back and say you didn't win that bet. I thought I had it won, but no, you had that bet won. I yeah, can't. Tom Savage went for two fifty and two. Unbelievable. Two fifty and two. Ask him to get on this show. I didn't, I didn't even go back and look. I said, "There's no way he's won that donkey bet." Of course he did, because no. Blake Gabbert's awful and threw some interceptions for me late in the, the game. Goat. Got the, the job done. You 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 call him by his correct name. That's 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 Gabbert the goat. Um, it's just the guy who didn't want to play him this week over Paxton Lynch. <laughs> I don't. I think he's going to get hurt this week. Um, so anything like any like I, I I can't really think about anything we've disagreed on that much during this show. You I I heard you complaining pretty loudly earlier about Tyler Croft looking like he's being chalked whenever you. Nah, I don't mind. It's Cleveland. I forgot it was Cleveland. Okay, fine. I was, I was going to say I, I kind of like Croft. Um, do you want to take? Uh, you said you like. Do you, all right. How about I? T- how about maybe I get some exposure to Julio Jones and you pick one of the, do you want to maybe go Michael Thomas versus Julio Jones? Yes, absolutely. I'll take Michael Thomas versus Julio Jones. I hate how quick I, I, I hate that you insta-called that. Absolutely. I hate, I hate that you insta-called. Absolutely. We'll do that one. Julio, I'll absolutely take that one as well. I don't mind. I don't mind getting a little bit of Julio Jones and I just, which, I, which one of those expensive running backs do you like outside of Gurley? I'm not letting you have Gurley. Uh, let's see. Out of the expensive running backs. Um, Kareem Hunt. Kind of want to get anyone you'd rather take. 
<laughs> Can I get Tevin Coleman versus Kareem Hunt? Tevin? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Book it. All right. I'll take Kevin. I'll take Tevin Coleman versus Kareem Hunt. I'll give you yeah, a little. I'll give you a little. I'll give you a little equity back. Fifteen hundred of of equity for that. For, for, for see, I would pay eight K for Coleman this week. That's kind of where I'm at. So. Well, now I know how you are about Coleman. So you're gonna have a you're gonna have a high allocation of him. Let's get to our bold calls. Uh, my bold call of the week is in the 75th Millionaire Maker. That's going to be a Jared Goff, Todd Gurley, aunts like Sammy Watkins, maybe even Cooper Cup stack. Um, I guess they're going to bring it back probably with a probably with a Michael Thomas, maybe an Alvin Kamara, and then just fill it in with very cheap pieces around that. Siege? CJ Beathard puts up uh, 24 DK points. 24? For almost f- five and a half X? Yeah. Unbelievable. And you can only get the takes that hot here, ladies and gentlemen. This has been the week 12 DFS roundup here on Roto Grinders. Um, again, you can find all of Siege's work here at Roto Grinders. You can find his tournament tactics packages in the Roto Grinders marketplace. They're available for all three major sports, NFL. NBA and MLB. Um, you can find all of my work at rosterwatch.com with a pro membership, all of the uh, tools that we have for in-season fantasy football, DFS, and the NFL draft can be found there at rosterwatch.com. So for CJ, I am Alex Dunlap. Until next week, guys, we are getting the hell out of here.